This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in today. Do you know that you could help make lives better for elephants in Thailand? You can, quite easily. Coming up, you'll meet a woman named Maria who lives here in the Hudson Valley, but her life was changed for good after a trip to Thailand. She now heads up the Never Forget Elephant Foundation. That's on the way. Something delightful happened to me this week. Much by surprise, I got to speak to Marlo Thomas and her husband, Phil Donahue. Now, let me explain. If you're listening to this podcast on a podcast platform, you may not know that I host morning radio in Westchester in the Hudson Valley on a show called Mike and Casey in the Morning on WHUD. Well, my co-host, Mike, has been isolated and quarantined and broadcasting from home low these past few months, and I've been coming into the studio every day. So uh, Mike got pitched to do an interview with Phil and Marlo, and he could not do it from home, but he knew that I love them both so much. Marlo, all the way back to free to be you and me and free to be a family. And I truly was in love with Phil Donahue on the Phil Donahue show. Like, seriously, I would have married him if given the opportunity. Well, this week I was given the opportunity to interview so to speak, Phil and Marlo, because they've written a book together about long-lasting marriages. Now, with two stars like that, it's not so much an interview. I kind of just say hello and then try to get out of the way. I never got to tell Marlo how much I wanted to marry her husband, which is probably a good thing. Now, I'm going to air this piece unedited. Usually, I edit things up a bit so you don't hear any of the bobbles or as many as the baubles and flubs that that could be in an interview. But in this age of everyone, you know, going on Zoom with no makeup on, (laughs) this is my no makeup version. It's so adorable, Phil and Marlo together. Now, early on in the piece that's just eight minutes long, somebody's cell phone goes off. I think it might have been Phil's. And we never mention it. We just sort of go on. But in your mind, you can picture, you know, a husband and wife married for so long, giving each other side eye, like turn your phone off and then somebody fumbling with the phone and not knowing how to turn it off, perhaps. Anyway, adorable. I love them both so much. Phil Donahue and Marla Thomas. Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? Hi. Oh, it's so great to hear both of your voices together. Uh, thank you, thank you. So this is perfect. We've all been uh, locked in our houses and, and often with our spouses during this quarantine. And along comes a book about the secret to a happy marriage from two people who know what it's all about, what makes a marriage last. Can you give us some advice this morning? Well, I think one of the things that we've learned from this book is that you really need to uh, realize you're not going to change your spouse that that is just a futile exercise. You need to step back and accommodate this other person who is different from you. Because no matter how hard you try, no matter how long you're married, he is never going to be you, and you are never going to be him. So you better just step over all those differences, walk around those differences, and accept 
this other person. And when you do, when you let go of, oh, why can't he be more this way and why can't she do this? If you can let go of that and just look at this other person and say, okay, this is who this person is. I like them. I love them. There are some things about him that I don't like, but that's just going to be the way it is. And it's going to be less painful when you wake up in the morning. It's going to be way in the deep past. And it's not going to be the same kind of heavy weight that you felt the night before. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and James Carville <clears throat> told us something wonderfully funny and true. And we've been using it as a tool for what makes our marriage last. So when you're going around round and around in a, uh, in a, in a what do you call it, in a... Um, uh, around and around in a circle on a particular issue, and you're getting nowhere. Tell her what, what she said. Yeah, Carville's, Carville's advice is kick that can down the road. <laughs> now, so it was this almost, yeah, it was a cliche, but it meant it was so. I think it's spot yeah, yeah, I don't even think it's a cliche. I just say, you know what? Uh, kick it down the road because it's meaningless. Right. It's meaningless. And he said behind every successful marriage is a whole lot of cans. And so now, well, I was so surprised the first time Phil said it. We were going around and around in a silly fight. And he looked at me and he said, oh, why don't we just kick this can down the road? And we started laughing and thinking, you know, that's exactly right. Right. What's the point of this? You know? Yeah. It's just a waste of time. Yeah, it's okay if nobody wins. You just say, oh, let's just drop it and kick the can down the road and be done with it. Uh, who else? You spoke, to a lot of, you spoke to a lot of people when you created this book, right? Yes. Right, many. Yeah. The fun part was that we, we had decided early, right away, that we would make, uh, we'd make the trip to every couple, that we wouldn't do anything on the phone. So we went to L.A., we went to D.C., we went to Chicago, we went to Boston, we went to uh, Toronto. We went wherever the people were. Wow. Uh, what have you. And, and to meet them and sit across from them on a double date and looking right at each other, talk about our marriages. And it was interesting because we never would have gotten that depth uh, had it been a phone interview for half an hour. These were two-hour you know, sit around uh, eating. They would everybody would bring out cheese and crackers or wine or whatever, and it was a it was a it was a fun time together. We expected to <laughs> we expe- we entered most of these interviews expecting to, them to last maybe thirty minutes, right? And they all lasted two hours, yeah, two, hours. two and a half, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were fun, and they were we made friends with a couple of couples that become friends of ours. It was. Very nice, really, really nice. But I think that that we were honest uh, because we also talked. They, they were honest because we also spoke about our marriage. When we started, Phil said to me, I'm not talking about our marriage. I said, okay, you don't have to. And then we got there, and it, it, the conversation, it wasn't an interview. We weren't reporters. We were another husband and wife talking to another husband and wife. And so it was a conversation between two couples. Right. And that became uh, very friendly and, and very personal. And I don't think, I mean, several of the reporters who've been interviewing us said, I would have never gotten an interview like that mm. from somebody. That Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos told us that they had a fight in their first year of marriage and he took off her wedding band and threw it in the bushes oh. through the window. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a pretty big move. And... 
lot of people might have said, well, this guy is crazy. I'm out of here. But she didn't. She said, I understand where you're coming from. We're in our 20s. You're scared. I'm scared. That's okay. Let's go find the ring. Wow. And they did. And wow. they moved on. So okay. that's, you know, that's, that's a very interesting moment that they didn't hold against each other. Um, and they got, got through it instead of looking for the exit sign. Right. You know, Kira Sedgwick's this interesting thing. She said, you know, there, I, you have to go into marriage with no plan B. And I mm. think that's absolutely true. If to go in not looking for the escape route, not looking for the exit sign, and just saying, okay, this is it. How do we make it work? What do we do to make our marriage last? That That's why I think... It's not a how-to book. It's really a what book. Mm. What did you do when this happened to you? What did you do when this challenge, when, when you lost all your money to Bernie Madoff the way Kira and Kevin did? Wow. You know, when your husband cheated on you the way Jesse Jackson had cheated on Jackie Jackson. Oh, oh t tell Casey what, uh, what uh, uh, J Jesse Jackson's wife said. Well, Jesse had a... Had a... A fling, child. A fling. Yeah, and um, actually had another child by way of a, a woman in California. Out of, out of the marriage, yeah. yeah. And uh, she calls him Reverend. And uh, she said, when people ask how many children we have, I say, well, I have five. The Reverend has six. Mm. So, yeah. you know, humor will get you uh, mileage. It, yeah, will, it will keep you together. And... Who was it said it's easier often to stay together than to go through the agony? Oh, El yeah, Elsa, she put it in an interesting way. Elsa Walsh, who's married to Bob Woodward, she said, I don't understand this impulse for disruption. You know, the energy that you put in to getting a divorce and breaking up. You take all that energy and put it into making your marriage work. You know, she said it would be much more beneficial to you if you love this person and you just can't seem to get along or, you know, your differences are, are imploding, you know, start putting your energy into fixing that. And one of those things is to start accepting who the other person is and get rid of this narcissistic idea that they have to be more like you. Marlo Thomas, Phil Donahue, what makes a marriage last? I've gotten so much great advice in the last eight minutes, and I have to let you go now, but I can't let you go before I tell you how much I adore the both of you and how much all of America adores the both of you, and to give us this gift of a book together and to let people hear your voices together. It is good medicine, and I thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck to you, honey. All right. Love you both. Have a beautiful day. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Aren't they just the best? Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue, the book is called What Makes a Marriage Last? 40 Celebrated Couples Share With Us the Secrets to a Happy Life. Oh. And they are on the cover of this book. They're both in blue sweaters. He's standing behind her with his arms around her. Oh, my God. It's just so cute. So cute, Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue. And so much good advice, right? So much good advice. I'm going to listen to that again. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks so much for tuning in to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. Let It Shine, Inc., the nonprofit foundation that uh, came out of this little show, this little get-together, had a wonderful Mother's Day drive through celebration in my hometown of Verplank. We had about 100 moms drive through, and they got a sweet treat cupcake, and they got a gift bag filled with all sorts of wonderful things, and we had lovely balloons 
to uh, decorate the place and music, and it was just so, so lovely. So thanks to all the moms who came out for our drive through Mother's Day celebration. We're thinking about a drive through Memorial Day. I already ordered the flags. Uh, maybe it's flags and hot dogs. I don't know. Flags and chocolate chip cookies. Something. You'll find out if you visit kacey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. And you can also visit the Let It Shine Inc. website at gatheringlove.org. All right. Speaking of gathering love, Maria Palazzetti from here in the Hudson Valley took a trip to Thailand a couple years back where she met a kindred spirit named Ava, Ava from the West Coast. And then they said, this is so great. Let's meet back again next year. And then from there, they formed the nonprofit Never Forget Elephant Foundation so they could help save elephants in Thailand. Here's the thing. The elephants are endangered. And after the logging industry in Thailand came to an end, many people who owned elephants had to lease their elephants for money, right? They need money. They leased their elephants to people who would take them into the cities and use them as props for tourism. So if you were visiting a city in Thailand, you could have your picture taken with an elephant. It was what they had to do to survive, not a great life for the elephant. Maria and Ava said, you know, if we put our heads together and our hearts and our funds, we can support the people in this small village and introduce people to the life, to life in this village and have them help support the elephants. And they did it. They've got like 14 elephants back into their native land on protected land. And, you know, they're, they're walking around in nature and eating the things they should eat. And uh, they're being taken care of. Never forget Elephant Foundation. So uh, here's the story from Maria. Never Forget Elephant Foundation. We're a registered nonprofit, first in the U.S., I think the only in the U.S. to have feet on the ground in Thailand. What we do is we rescue and bring back elephants back to their native villages. We're working with one village right now, and we're just opening up the possibilities of, you know, going to other villages one day. But right now, we just have we have a community that we're fostering these relationships with. We're getting into the school that they have in their village, working with the kids teaching English, and then we're just trying to interact globally with the whole community, and we have people from all over the world. But we don't own the elephants. We're helping the owners of elephants bring their elephants home. You're here in the Hudson Valley. Yes. How are you helping elephants in a village (laughs) all the way around the world? (laughs) It's funny that you should ask that. (laughs) It's an incredible experience. I met this woman in uh, Thailand a couple of years ago. It'll be three years only, short time that I met Ava. We went back the next year and because we had decided, let's meet here again next year, same time. We met a man at another project. He was the, the tour guide, if, if you will, and brought us out. And he said to us, because we kind of connected right away, and the three of us spent a lot of time together. And he says, do you want to meet a couple of my friends, like up in northern Thailand? We're like, sure, why not? So we went up to this small village where we now stay. We met the most wonderful group of people. There's about 200 families in our village. I say our, but the village where we stay. And they all own elephants. One elephant might be owned by two families, eight families. I mean, everybody in that village is about 750 people or so. Why do they need Uh, an elephant? Like, why do they need an elephant and not a cow? Well, elephants have been their mainstay throughout centuries. They were once used in the logging industry. They've been used in war. They've been used, um, you know, historically Mm. through time. In 1989, 
when Thailand banned logging, they had no source of income. They felt like they had no alternative. They started sending all their elephants down to the cities to be used in tourism. People take pictures and circuses begging on the street. And in so doing, everything declined. So because their, their health declined, they're going into the cities, they're not eating in the jungle. You know, people want to pay to take a picture with an elephant, fun to take a picture with a baby. So let's give them a couple of bananas, a little bit of sugar cane, and, and then we take a picture and we give you a dollar or $10 or whatever, whatever the case may be all day every day these elephants live in this industry kind of exploited but the owners benefit because they get an income from that they lease their elephants to these places and then they get a monthly income from that okay so you and Ava get home from Thailand the second time and you decide let's start a nonprofit to help the people in this village get their elephants home you hadn't even gotten gotten home home, we were sitting at one of the four-star hotels in uh, Chiang Mai Shangri-La the beautiful hotel we sat there get a snack have a glass of wine or whatever and we're like that was amazing we came back from our couple days up in the mountains with yo we should do something like that wow can we do something like that (laughs) we're gonna do something like that so we right then and there decided we're gonna do what we can to help these asian elephants they're endangered whatever we can do we're gonna help so that's what we did it was a crazy idea then sometimes i think crazy idea now but we are doing it and we're thrilled at the response that we've had from around the world, complete strangers from around the world, interested in in what we're doing, but we're just thrilled. And I would imagine a lot of people would feel good to put their head on the pillow at the end of the day and say, wow, I made a contribution today and I am helping to get an elephant out of the city being used as a prop for the tourist industry and back into the villages where it can live uh, as part of the family that it's used to being part of. Right. We have 14 elephants. We have three babies with their moms. They're able to stay together. Um, Talk about Mother's Day celebration. So thrilled. We have another pregnant mama, Soon. This is what Yoshi says, Soon. So right now we're just the advent of COVID. I mean, went from a complete high having visitors who we relied on heavily. Mm -hmm. We have built a whole visitor village. We have authentic bamboo huts that we built. People come, they donate, stay with us for a week, and we feed them. We bring them out to see the elephants. They do yoga because we have a whole yoga platform dedicated yoga platform, work with the village people. We go down to the school. We have a cleanup program to try to do recycling, um, just awareness, education, and trying to basically give them back the history. It's their history and it's their culture. It's not ours. We're just trying to help. How did you get the space? The property where our elephants are outside the village limits is National Park, government owned. So our elephants can stay there. There's thousands of acres there can forage. We don't have to subsidize them to eat. We don't have to give them anything. It's totally sustainable. How often do you have to go back there to maintain this? Well, we have people that are there, four people that are part of our staff. Elephant manager, you know, helps with all the mahouts. The mahouts are all the people that stay with the elephants. The mahouts. A mahout's usually one of the owners, or many of them. And they'll stay with them, kind of a companion. They keep an eye on where they are. When we go and visit them, one of the mahouts has to be there with us. They have a bond, a very special bond. They might be with them their whole life. I'm having ideas here that I can, you know, you have yoga classes there and people can stay there in this in this national park area, right, in Thailand with the elephants. And why don't we have a yoga class here that benefits the Never Forget Foundation? Never oh, my God, that would be amazing. Right?
right? We'll put that on the calendar for late summer. We'll all get together. Okay. Maybe you can give a little talk and tell everybody, you know, what it's all about, and, and we'll have a yoga class for sure. When you set out to Thailand for that first vacation to an elephant sanctuary, what were you, what was in your heart? What were you expecting to do? The very first time, I had no expectations. I went with my two daughters. It was just a vacation. I, I wanted to see elephants. I've always wanted to see elephants. And it was like going into Jurassic Park. And you see this massive creature. And they're just so majestic and beautiful. And from there, we learned a lot. The next year when we went back, we just had a whole different experience. It's like a whole different culture. You know, many of these people may never have met anybody from, you know, the Western world. So this is a first experience for them and we are just trying to be really respectful of their community. It was a very simple life and they're just beautiful people. They had to have seen that these two women from the United States <laughs> really want to help our village. They had to have seen and felt that. They did. So we first meet these people. There was, I want to say maybe like 15, 16 people mm-hmm. and it was like 10 30 at night. It wasn't like, you know, going to have town hall meeting 9 a.m. in the village square. No, this was like 10.30 at night. All these people start coming in, sitting down, and start talking about the But we can't understand what they're saying because we don't speak the language. Who was your interpreter? Our, um, our now project director. His name is Yo. Okay, that's Yo. All right. Yeah, you've mentioned Yo. Yo gathered the community together at 10.30 at night, and he explained yep. to them that you were, you know, two women with a passion and that you were going to try to help, and they were cool with it. They were cool with it. They were a little skeptical, I have to say. Ultimately, they went for this idea. Right. And we've had, like, it's the most fantastic experience of my life. So we can't send people to Thailand now to visit in the village with the elephants that you've saved. We can't do that right now, and probably not for, gosh, who knows. But Um, we can donate now. And if we were to donate, where would that money go? What Say, if somebody was to give you $10 today, how would you use that $10? That money goes directly to keeping elephants home and directly towards the project. We are 100% volunteer, and so every penny that we take in goes directly to the project, to the village, to the elephants. We compensate the village people by giving them monthly, like their job. Instead of having them in the city, keep them in the village and we'll pay you to keep them in the village. And they can just work, I put that in parentheses, by eating in the jungle, being an elephant, having fun, staying with your baby, with the herd, and and that's it. That's the agreement. So they're happy. We're able to, you know, do some good and, and keep the elephants home. In light of the COVID, we brought back four more elephants. So when you donate, it goes directly to them. And wouldn't we all just feel great to put our head on the pillows tonight knowing we did something to make life better for families and elephants in Thailand? That's Maria from the Never Forget Elephant Foundation, neverforgetelephantfoundation.org. They're having a virtual uh, walkathon this weekend, treks for trunks. Check that out. And maybe we'll all go to Thailand. Definitely we're all going to do yoga as soon as we can and have a big benefit for the Never Forget Elephant Foundation. Looking ahead, I hope you'll visit Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y.co, and keep in touch with all that we're doing. I think I have another couple of Zooms on the way. They're not posted yet, but they will be soon. I've gotten calls from a library and a retreat center asking me to do a couple of Zooms. I would love to get together and see how everybody's doing. I definitely need that book from Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue because I have been a terrible, grumpy wife.
But you know, it's my first time with a pandemic, so we got to be gentle with each other. And also check out Let It Shine Inc.'s page at gatheringlove.org. You can see all the pictures there. Gatheringlove.org. Click on calendar or events and you'll see all the pictures from the Mother's Day drive-thru. It was so much fun. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please keep in touch. Our thought for the day is from Bill Murray, who said, They say an elephant never forgets. What they don't tell you is, you never forget an elephant. Love one another. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.